Hey, empty nesters, this episode is going to be so awesome for your health and well being. We are going to focus on sleep, wellness in general, and overall empty nesting health. I have a wonderful guest on named Jane Winning. She's been helping people improve their mental and physical health for over 20 years. And you guys, Jane's been there. During high school and college, she was overweight, said she struggled with eating disorders, low self-esteem. She had some um, unhealthy but successful pregnancies, had postpartum depression and all. She researched. She has an incredible thing that she'll tell us about today that involves four pillars of wellness. And she is helping people from all over have the tools to become leaner, stronger, healthier, and create changes that last well beyond retirement. So tune in and listen. You're going to love this episode. You're going to learn about recovery, emotional energy, nutrition, and movement. And look in our notes. You can find all of our um, ways to reach Jane. You can reach me. And the other thing I want to make sure y'all know about is I'm super excited to let you know that I have a version Bible plan that is out called The Blessed Empty Nest. So if you are on version, that's a little freebie. And you can also find it on my website. Without further ado, let's go over to Jane and get some great tips for our health and well-being. Welcome, empty nesters. Thanks for being here today. We have Jane Winning on today. She is a certified medical technologist, a certified athletic trainer, and a health coach. I feel like she's my friend because I've been looking her up and watching her, and she has been helping women improve their mental and physical health for over 20 years. If you could see her, though, I want you to Google her because she looks like she's 20, so I don't really know, Jane, how you do that. So welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you for having me here. Welcome to all your listeners. Yes. So glad you're here. Jane, tell us a little bit about you. I always love to have listeners envision that we're just kind of sitting down, even though you're in one place and I'm in another. Um, Tell about you, your family, where you live, your passions, and just a little bit of backstory of, of how you got where you are today with being so passionate about helping people. Sure. Thank you. Um, I am blessed to be married for 27 years. Uh, My husband and I have three kids, ages 21 through 26. They live in three different states. So getting together for family events is is really a chore. So I I cherish those times. Yes. Um, Jane, I don't know if you and I know this. You and I are carbon copies. Um, That's the age of our kids. They overlap in three states. That's Amazing. We could do a podcast on that. (laughs) Yeah, we could. We could. And Charlotte, like you said, I have a degree in medical technology. I'm a clinical laboratory scientist, and I also have a degree in athletic training. But that's not really where my my journey started. My journey started when I was 11, and I was in the sixth grade. And um, I I was in this love-hate relationship. But it wasn't, it wasn't with a boy. It was with myself. Mm. There was um, a sixth grade boy. And I remember his name. I can see his face. And the shaming words that he said to me that day just tore me apart. And in an instant, I changed from being a happy-go-lucky sixth grade kid to 
hating who I was and being envious of everyone around me. Mm. Um, the, the sad thing was that stayed with me for the next 10 years in and out of depression and anger and um, eating disorders. And I remember being 13 and using my babysitting money to buy diet pills. I, I think that shaming people don't realize how hurtful their words can be and how damaging they can be. That's oh, horrible. So, and I wouldn't want to be a child today. Honestly, I, I don't think we have too many young listeners, but older listeners, if you have grandchildren or social media and the bullying and shaming and things that happen that is, is public to everyone is, is just, it's unfathomable to me. And, and it, it's constantly in their faces. They can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I could get away from this young man and keep my distance from him, but that didn't help those words go away. So about 10 years into that very painful journey, I received this message. I was so, I was so angry. And I remember one day very clearly, I'm, I'm having this battle with God and asking him why, why, why? I mean, so many of us do. And I very clearly heard him say, I've given you the knowledge, now use it. And at the time I was in in college and I was um, getting my degree in clinical laboratory scientists and I was working with athletes. And so I married those two fields together to create a wellness program that I started on myself And I transformed not only my body, but in that transformation, I learned to love myself. And that was, again, sometimes we have to die to our old self in order for our new self to be born. And that was kind of my rebirth. I understood what was going on inside the body. And I was able to manipulate things from outside the body with my nutrition and my movement to create this wellness plan that gave me this, this freedom from the body shaming that I'd been dealing with for 10 years. Well, it sounds so liberating and wonderful. And you and I both kind of have talked back and forth as we've gotten ready for the podcast that both of our goals is to have listeners know that you can start today. You can recreate today. You don't have to go back and look at all the archaeology of, of why you're where you are now. Just there's start today and we're going to have Jane help us along that path for sure. And Jane, you mentioned um, things like uh, sleep and emotional intelligence. We could talk for two hours today. Interval training. I want to kind of get to where you are your website is wonderful. Can you tell people before we dive in too far how they can find you and how they can, you know, before we get to, if somebody has to leave early or just let oh, them know sure. where to find you. Sure. My website is the number four dash pillars health.com. And you can reach me through my website. Um, my email is connected to that. So that's probably the best way to, to reach out to me. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, you mentioned a word real quick that I looked at on your website, and it said that you, you've you studied all these wonderful things that you're going to share with us today. Would you tell me what the word epigenetics is? That's something I need help with, epigenetics and estrogenetics. Okay. So epigenetics uh, is 
everything outside of our genetics that affect our genetics. So people tend to think that, oh, my parents, I got my genes from my parents and they lived a long time and they were healthy, so I don't have anything to worry about. And what research has shown is that your genes, your actual genes only affect the, the outcome of your health by 10 to 15%. The other 85 to 90% is our environment and our lifestyle and how that will turn on maybe bad genes or turn off good genes. Oh, that's so that's awesome. what epigenetics is. It's okay. everything above and over our genes. And then things that we have control over. I mean, we have control over those things. We make choices every day, what we're going to do, who we're going to be with. Every, everything that we do each day we, is epigenetics. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Everything we eat can, is considered epigenetic. Is it contributing to my health or is it diminishing my health? Mm -hmm. Is it turning on genes or is it turning off genes? And estrogenetics would be lovely women out there like me that wear an estrogen patch and deal with estrogen. That's a big word of 50 and over. So tell us about estrogenetics. So estrogenics is Genics. all the things in our society. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't say that correctly. Estrogenics, got it. Estrogenics, that's okay. Estrogenics is all the things in our society that mimic estrogen and can cause hormonal disruptions for us. Everything from cosmetics to cleaning supplies, to the plastics that we put our leftovers in, to the plastic water bottles we drink out of, they all have a, a, a toxic off-gassing that can mimic estrogen because it attaches to estrogen receptor sites in our body. And so many of our organs have estrogen receptor sites that when false estrogen is attached to those receptor sites, our body doesn't function the way that real estrogen would be when it's attached to that site. And then if we have extra estrogen floating around in our system, then it's telling the other cascade of hormones that they need to behave differently they need to turn on or turn off. So we see huge fluctuations in our hormones because they should all work like a symphony. They shouldn't work like a one-way call. Oh, that's so true. And they shouldn't work where it feels like they're either all on or all off. I love that you said symphony. And that makes sense to me because in my latter years, I've had to kind of figure some things out with my wonderful OB-GYN in that, in that regard. And I feel better when you get that right, you feel better than you ever have. And that's what I want for other people. Well, Jane, tell us, and what are the four pillars of wellness as we, you can just spend a good 10 minutes talking about, about the four pillars of wellness and how you dive in and individualize that for each client. Okay. So the first pillar is recovery. And this is, for me, this is the most important pillar because all the pillars are tied to each other, but recovery is so important. If your body is not recovering, and there's a lot of things in the recovery pillar, but if you're not allowing your body to recover, then you, you don't have the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth to deal with people, maybe negative people that come into your space. 
Maybe those negative people, then that volume is turned way up on them. And that can create a toxic load, very similar to, um, you know, stresses in your body that you just don't even know where they come from. So recovery is important in that regard. Recovery is also important because if you're not recovered well, studies show that you make poor food choices. So if we are trying to maybe control our weight and watch what we eat, it's really hard when we haven't allowed our body to recover. And then in addition to that, if you're not recovered, then you don't have the motivation to put movement into your day the way that your body would thrive. You know, and I'm not talking about going out and running a marathon or doing, you know, Olympic weightlifting, just being able to go for a walk. If you don't have that energy to go for a walk, then that sets up again, it goes back to all those hormones. When you don't move your body, your cascade of hormones gets horribly awry. So recovery is is one of the pillars and that involves sleep, but it also involves being properly hydrated. It involves um, nutrition. It involves breathing of all things. Um, James, does it also involve maybe just rest that you might need? I'm learning as I get older that I'm a type A, I go for things, I'm ready to go, but I'm learning that if I don't schedule white space on my calendar or just a time, like if I know that this has been a busy morning to just sit and to give yourself permission to do that, does recovery include daily, just a, a pause in the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I talk to, um, I I talk to some of my clients about because we do live these hectic lives and we wear several hats. And sometimes we are racing from one responsibility to the next responsibility. We don't have time to change the hat. Sometimes we don't even know who we're supposed to be as we're running between all these events. And so I try and schedule every day. I have an alarm that goes off on my phone at three o'clock and that's a powerful hour Mm -hmm. in the Christian world. That's the hour that Jesus died. And so I give myself that moment of reflection, but then I also, that is a transition time for me. It's a quiet reflective time for me. I'm going to put my, my earlier day behind me and I'm going to look to what do I need to accomplish maybe for the next hour or two that I might be in my office? And then what does my evening look like? Because I want to be completely present Mm -hmm. with my husband and with my family and not be thinking about things that are on my desk. Well, and how many times listeners do we think about back in our thirties and maybe when the kids are running around and your husband's coming home and you're barely heating up dinner. We discovered in marriage counseling, I don't want to give my family my leftovers. I want to be my best self and not, I've did everything and hey, he's going to just be okay with it because that's what we do. And so I love that you pause. I pause at 3.33 in the afternoon and then I try to pause at 11.11 in the early morning because that's my son's favorite number. He used to say that that's where you make a wish as at 11.11. So I've kind of incorporated two just maybe short pauses and it may include just some breathing. Can you tell us about some breathing? Yes. And breathing um, also plays into the emotional energy Uh, peace. Because 
you have to recognize when you are, I don't want to say out of control, but when you are overly stressed, you need to recognize that and be able to step back and calm yourself down. And one of the breathing techniques that Navy SEALs actually use is called a box breathing technique. And it's where you inhale for a count. It can be three or four or five. You hold it for that count. You exhale for that count. And then you hold your exhaled breath for that count. And what that does is it calms down your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. So your body, you have an autonomic nervous system that fluctuates between sympathetic, which is your stress, and parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest. And your body is always trying to balance those two out. And sometimes when that stress meter, you know, your fight or flight, when that one gets a little bit high, you can use that breathing technique to bring your rest and digest side up, to bring your parasympathetic side so that things are a little more balanced. Oh, that's so good. I was with a a good friend that played tennis with for years. And, um, it's so great to have, you know, some sport or something to do, um, for an outlet, but we were talking about, um, just the counselors that we have and the help that we get sometimes, which I highly advocate All my listeners know, get help when you need it. But she said her counselor was talking to her a little bit about some breathing and in her mind, she was like, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't really, that's not how I operate. I would rather go get busier or stay on that hamster wheel instead of step off and you feel more productive. And the counselor said, try it. And you have to sit down to go to the bathroom. And if that is the only place where you can do this, then try it there. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but it, it's really helped her. Absolutely. So one of the other things that I advise my clients to do, because a number of my clients already wear, when they work out, they wear a heart rate monitor. Mm -hmm. So I ask them first thing in the morning to get put their heart rate monitor on. And there is an app called Elite um, HRV, heart rate variability. And what that does is it tells you in two and a half minutes, you you have to sit quietly for two and a half minutes. So this is a, this is another kind of quiet time, but then it tells you how balanced is your parasympathetic and your sympathetic system. So how can you go forward in your day and be the best version of yourself? Sometimes it'll tell you that, Hey, you're a little bit stressed for some reason. So you know that this might not be a day to get confrontational with somebody, or you might uh, realize that this is a day when I can't handle annoying coworkers or, you know, some of the other stresses in your life. And this is a day where I need to take more pauses, more breaks to balance out my, my stressfulness. Well, Jane, I want to move into sleep a little bit too, because I do want to get to all the four pillars, but you mentioned that you adjusted your lifestyle and schedule to allow for proper restorative sleep. And I love that word. And in looking at your site, and I know that you've helped so many people, that's a really common problem with empty nesters. And a lot of people um, are struggling over 45 with just a good night's sleep. Can you talk a little bit about, before we move into emotional energy, just a quick 
how do people begin to adjust for proper restorative sleep? Sure. So proper sleep starts first thing in the morning. You need to reset your circadian rhythm. Your body runs on an internal body clock. And in the morning, your cortisol is high. That gets you up and gets you going. And then as the day wears on, your cortisol drops. And then once the sun starts to go down, your melatonin increases. And that's what helps you get into good restorative sleep. So if you are a person that is stressed a lot, your cortisol level is going to stay high throughout the day. And if you don't get sunlight in the morning to reset that circadian rhythm and do a, a, some other lifestyle changes like limiting the blue light in the evening, that cortisol stays high and you never get the melatonin production you need to get you into the sleep pattern that you need. And we That's have a lot of blue light around us. My um, kids and I were even talking about this. We have clocks and we have settings on the TV. We have some of our chargers emit that and to get that out of your sight and out of where you're looking at that. If, if um, Charlotte, if you have LED lights in your home, mm -hmm. they emit blue light. So if you're somebody that's really struggling with staying in a consistent sleep pattern, if you're not getting restorative sleep, one of the things that you can do is to get blue light blocking glasses. Now, these are not, um, sometimes you can get glasses that, that they're coated and the coating might be clear or slightly yellow. Those just filter the light. They filter the blue light. They don't block it. So when the sun starts to go down six, seven o'clock at night, you should be putting on blue light blocking glasses. So that's telling your body, okay, I need to start producing melatonin. The important thing with melatonin is it helps you get into deep sleep. Mm -hmm. And deep sleep happens between 11 at night and two in the morning, based on your circadian rhythm. You know, you can waffle a little bit outside that, but your body goes in and out of deep sleep mostly within that time frame. And if you aren't getting deep sleep, this is the part that's so, so important. If you're not getting deep sleep, your muscles aren't repairing and your brain is not detoxifying because that's the stage of sleep where your brain actually compacts. It squeezes in to squeeze out plaques and um, toxic proteins and debris, and then it opens back up and it kind of flushes. So if you're not getting into deep sleep, your brain isn't opening and closing. It's not compacting and then um, expanding to flush out all the toxins. Oh, this is so helpful. And listeners, you know, you can get in touch with Jane after we finish the podcast and go to her, because we could spend the whole podcast on sleep. And I know that there are tips and things out there that she would love to visit with you about, but I want to make sure we talk about emotional energy, because just as I came into this podcast this morning, I talked with one friend earlier whose mother-in-law passed away and my good friend's brother passed away today. And so we are in the stage of life where so many things are happening and we need to have emotional energy to handle things that happen, just like what I talked about this morning or difficult people or our adult kids need us or to be present for our good friends and our spouse. So how do we 
how do we tap into emotional energy, uh, Jane, that you would recommend for all of us? I think one of the, the biggest ways to tap into your emotional energy is to recognize what emotions you're feeling. And when you're feeling anxious and when you're feeling angry and when you're feeling negative, I suggest to people that they pull out a journal and just, they don't necessarily, don't, you don't need to journal on why you're feeling angry or negative or upset, but I want you to, to journal on gratitude. Mm-hmm. Journal everything that you can think of from the smallest thing to the largest thing that you are grateful for. Because what happens, our brain likes to solve problems. And if we keep asking it, why, 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 it's going to go into problem solving mode. And then it pulls us out of this emotional mode. So if we go into more of a problem solving mode with what, what am I grateful for? And you start listing all the things that you're grateful for, it it gives your brain something to work on, but then it also breaks that cycle. A lot of people call it autonomic or automatic negative thoughts. You have these ants that run around in your head. And the best way to crush those ants is to journal with gratitude. Oh, that's so good. There's a song I listen to when I'm really down. Sometimes I'll just say, Alexa, play 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman. And it it is. It's a song about just there are 10,000 reasons every day that we can be thankful. And another word that's helped my own emotional energy is if I'm frustrated with a difficult person or something, I think what is true about that person. And I think, well, wow, she's really good at this. Or I remember when she came through in a pinch for me here. And it, and those are true. And those, those offset that awful emotional energy that I don't want to have because it's really self-harming if we carry that around. It is. It's, it's incredibly toxic. And you, you just um, gave an example of how you're asking your brain now to solve a problem. So you're taking it out of that emotional piece and you're you're letting your brain become a problem solving mm. instrument rather than that emotional instrument so that's super important well and it looks like you have so many ways to help people with that because you've studied this. This isn't something that we all have to wake up and know how to do. We all come from different backgrounds, people that have had horrible upbringings or a toxic work environment. I mean, now is the time to recharge and create the life that you want to have going forward. And I love that you are individualizing with people. What one person may need is going to be different than another. And I love how you're tailoring your plans based on what people need and you check back in with them. You don't just give them a a one-stop shop and, hey, good luck. I love that you hold people's hand along the way and you're encouraging them. What I want to do, all the knowledge that I've gotten is, excuse me, it's a gift. And I want to be able to share that gift with everyone. Mm -hmm. And I want to teach them rather than just give them. Uh, I don't work as a personal trainer in that regard. I'm not going to just give you a list of things and, and say, do this. I'm going to empower you and teach you why, why you should do it. Because if I teach you, then when circumstances change, then you've got your tools that you can go back to and you can uh, pivot or 
change what you need to change in order to continue on your health journey. And that's wonderful. I'm looking right now at some words I printed off from Jane's website. That's awesome. And they say, we will be a good fit. Like if you want to work with Jane and she says, I'm a straight shooter and listeners, you know that I am. So I, I tell it like it is. But the other thing I love that Jane mentioned is one of my favorite sayings that she's not going to give you a fish. She's going to teach you how to fish. And I explain that just a little bit. I love that. Yes. So many times, um, we are made to believe that health is overwhelming and confusing, and it's really not. You just have, there's a lot of information out there. You have to pick a lane. And when I find a lane with my clients where they are comfortable, then I can teach them everything they need to know in that lane. So they are empowered and that's where they're gonna make the progress. They're not gonna make progress if, if I give them follow this recipe and eat this particular food, they might not like that particular food, or maybe they can't even find half of the ingredients for that recipe where they live. So that is not something that's sustainable. What is sustainable is teaching them how they need to make modifications with what they have in the space that they have. In the lifestyle that they have. what they like. You don't have to be the jazzercise queen or the person on the treadmill for an hour every day. You're going to go. It's whatever you want to do. And I think that's wonderful. So there's one other thing that that I talk to people a lot about. My three C's. They are consistency, creativity, and compassion. I don't... Perfection is great, but I only know of one person that was perfect. Yes. It's something that we can strive for. But again, when when we set that bar that high, it tends to bring on a lot of stress. So consistency is a word that I like to use. And I use the 80-20 rule or the 70-30 rule. If you can be consistent with your plan 70 or 80% of the time, then you are winning. For those times where life happens, then you have to get creative. Mm-hmm. That's so and true. Like COVID, we all had to, I had a little corner I set up with like some posters about different stretches. I mean, you have to change what you're doing, but I'm like, I'm not going to stop moving no, and no. eating well. Yeah. And that's the thing we have to, when we're um, faced with a situation like that, I find that the best way to get creative is to double down on the things that I know. I know this piece is not going to change in my life. So that's, that's my rock and that's what I'm going to cling to. So that's the creative piece. And then the compassion piece is again, life happens. And while we can control how we respond to life, we can't always control life. So we need to give ourselves some compassion. We need to give ourselves grace and know that this was the best I could do in the moments right now. That's so good. And, and listeners, we are trying to seize the day in these empty nesting years. And if you look on Jane's site, I have so many dreams just like she does to be energized and to have 
the mental and physical health to live independently, to travel, to be present, to be my best self now. And you can start today to do that. We're all kind of, there's some people I talked to the other day kind of coming out of the COVID malaise and it's like the world is waking up again. Well, we can't use that excuse for too much longer because we are going to be able to get back out and get more to, I, I called it with some friends, a new normal. Let's get to a new normal and be the best that we can be. And Jane, can you talk a little bit about um, nutrition and movement, just so we can make sure we cover all the, and listeners, again, the four pillars are recovery, emotional energy, nutrition, and movement. So let's spend a little bit of time on nutrition, and then we'll go into movement. Okay. So nutrition can be one of the most overwhelming uh, food manufacturers purposely make foods that are hyper palatable. So they are addicting and they light up the pleasure centers of our brain a lot like uh, drugs do. So that we keep going back to and sometimes that's all we can think about is, oh, when can I get that particular food again? Mm -hmm. And so working with people, you have to break through that addiction I talk to people about whole, real food. And to me, I'm, I don't proclaim that this diet or that diet is better or worse, but research shows that people thrive the best when they can have a diet that is real food. And to me, that is, did, is the food that you're eating, did it have a face or did it come from the ground? If you That's can awesome. say yes. I love that. So now that doesn't mean that you should go and put a face on your Twinkie. <laughs> exactly. You can't draw it on. No. <laughs> no, you can't draw it on. <laughs> so, but that's, that's a good baseline. Where did this food come from? And how are we, you know, how are we doing with modification? Because I love to follow, I have to follow a clean eating. Um, I discovered some gluten insensitivity, insensitivities or gluten sensitivities, I guess, um, in my life and made some changes and I'm really following and feel better. I have more energy. Um, Jane, you mentioned brain fog on your website. I, I honestly, listeners feel like when I switched to a cleaner eating, that brain fog was so lessened and it's so helpful because I have more energy. It all kind of is balanced. But there's some little things that we like to keep around our house that we just like to have. Just they're not, they're terrible. Hot tamales don't have a face, but I will have two or three of those on occasion. And we enjoy um, different wines. And so we're learning about clean crafted wines. And it doesn't mean cut everything out. You're, you no. also talk about modification. Right, right. You know, and here's where it goes back to the three C's again. If you can be 70 or 80% consistent with your diet, then you are well on your way to health mm -hmm. and modifying things. Now, just because one of the, one of the um, issues that I find is when, when people are thinking gluten-free, they think that it means calorie-free oh, and it does right. not. So, yes. so that's one place where uh, people need to be aware that foods, even though they might be gluten-free, they still have calories. That's right. One of the things I think is important to watch is the amount of sugar in our diets, mm -hmm. because sugar is 
is inflammatory to the whole body. And that's where some of the brain fog issues can come from as well. And sugar just feeds and fuels disease. It is it is so, some things I've read about sugar just make you go, oh my gosh, like I, I do enjoy a real Coca-Cola, but that comes at the expense of putting 11 teaspoons of sugar in my body. So I have to right. really think about when do I really want that? <laughs> and and right, just to right, be right. so and careful. So one, of the, one of the important things to know with that sugar is, is where is it going in your body? Yes. And I'll just quickly explain an analogy. So when you eat something with sugar, it's, it's going to go to three places or it's going to have three routes. I should say number one is it's going to go into your bloodstream. That is very similar to the money that you keep in your wallet. You have a little bit of it on hand. You don't have all of your money that you possibly could in your wallet. You've got a little bit on hand. Then the next place that sugars will go is they'll be transported into your muscles for storage. That's for short-term storage. That means if you all of a sudden um, your grandkid is going to do something and you have to sprint across the room or across the yard, that's where that energy is going to come from. That's like our checking account. We've got more money in there. It's just not as quickly in our disposal. It's not as quickly in our hands as that cash in our wallet is. And then the third place. So if your muscles are full, then Sugar is going to get repackaged and it is going to become a triglyceride and it is going to go into long-term storage. Long-term storage is like those money market accounts that you can easily put money into, mm -hmm. but you can't take money out of. And so that's where you want to be very careful the amount of sugars and sugars aren't only in that Coca-Cola, but a lot of the processed foods that we eat break down into sugar. And there's a and lot they, of wine that have a lot of sugar and cocktails and mixed drinks and they're wonderful modification, all of that, but you have to be so careful and that can really sneak up because you're usually doing that late in the evening. Correct. Correct. And that kind of feeds back into how you can have problems sleeping. A lot of people think that they can just, they, that alcohol helps them sleep. But what happens is they have alcohol and alcohol is a toxin in your body. Mm -hmm. So while your body should be resting, it's actually trying to get rid of this toxin. It can't do both things at one time. So it doesn't recover. It just tries to get this toxin out of your system. Uh, so that could be another reason so why long. Jane, you're so helpful. I want to be mindful that we get to movement too, but you're okay. so correct. Listeners just go to her site. Jane, tell us your site again. My site is the number four dash pillars, P I L L A R S health.com. And, and listeners, make sure that you will have it in the notes at the bottom of this. So make sure you click on that. It should be able to take you directly to it. But you've got to use the number four in the dash. Jane, um, movement, let's talk about it for a couple minutes before I close this out. Because my hope is that people will just be inspired and, and reach out to you and you'll be helping a lot of people. So tell us about movement. Movement is very important. Our bodies love to move. Walking is great. But walking isn't necessarily going to be enough. I'm sure you know people that walk every day, but yet walking up a flight of stairs, they get winded. Mm -hmm. So 
It's good to put some high intensity, and that doesn't mean super long duration, but to just get your heart rate up um, a couple times a week, just it's a muscle. You need to exercise your heart and your lungs as well. Studies show that that people that are in their um, mature years, the stronger their lung function is, the longer they can remain living independently. And that is one of my goals. That's one of my dreams is to remain living independently. Yes, me too. And you know, y'all, my precious mother that lives in uh, Arkansas, she doesn't like to do this often and she's compromised with her health in many ways, but she's like, I have stairs in my house. That is helpful. And I also have cans of Campbell's soup. And if I have to sit in my chair and it's been inspiring to me because she does have those things at her disposal. So I will, um, on my website, there's also a place that, that your listeners can click and they can see, uh, well, the video actually will take you to my YouTube site where it's a, it's a four minute full body body weight cardio workout. Great. Yay. There are, there are eight different moves for 30 seconds each. And I use the first part of the video to explain what each one of the moves are. And then I do the workout. They can follow along with me. You get your heart rate up. You get full body strength in four minutes. So it takes as little as four minutes to clear out the cobwebs and to feel energized and great. Now, if you have more time, you can always do it a couple more times, but four minutes a day. Oh, this is, you you guys, we can do this. Listeners, we can do this. I am sad that we're going to wrap up our time. I want um, Jane to offer some parting thoughts here. And I want to encourage you all if, here's some questions and then I'm going to have Jane close this out. But this is, this, these are some things I want to ask listeners. Are you overwhelmed and confused about being healthier? This, these are words from Jane. Do you understand what it takes to be healthy? Does eating seem like a chore? Do you feel like you have brain fog? Are you feeling depressed? And I would say even some of the time. Struggling with diabetes or health problems? Listeners, how are you sleeping? How are we all sleeping? How do we need to make changes? These are great thoughts. I hope you're thinking. If if you're dealing with any of these, you can reach out to her. And Jane, um, share a little bit about just parting thoughts and some encouragement for all of us. Cause I know for some, this might feel overwhelming. Like how am I going to do all this at one time? You're going to, you're going to walk people through this, holding their hand with some baby steps and it's totally doable. Oh my gosh. It is so doable. The thing that I enjoy most is helping people understand that making small lifestyle changes that don't involve a lot of time can have big benefits on their health. And you know what? You start with where you are at right now. Mm-hmm. Don't look back. Don't look in your rearview mirror. You can't change anything back there. So we're going to start right here, right now. And we're going to take steps moving forward. Another thing that I like to, to um, um, another mantra that I have is every day we win or we learn but we never lose. We never feel guilt. We never feel shame. That's great. Every day. What did I have a win today? What was my win today? What was my thing that I learned today? Mm -hmm. 
I learned, you know what? I cannot have a bag of walnuts in my pantry. Even though walnuts are so good for you. Yes. Wow. You can overdo on walnuts very quickly. And listeners, if that's the thing that you do for that day that's positive, then you started somewhere. And Jane, we really, we may have to do part two podcast. Um, I usually take a break in the summer and then we're going to start back up again and we'll get together because you're so inspiring. And listeners, you have to go watch her on YouTube. She's a beautiful person from the inside out as well, but her research and life and encouragement... She is helping so many people be the best version of themselves. And that is, it's just amazing. Um, Jane, I just want to thank you. And any, any last little thought before we close out? So my last little thought is if your listeners go to my website, mm-hmm. there's a PDF that they can download that will give them four easy lifestyle hacks for better health. That's wonderful. What a free gift. Thank you. And you know, Listeners, as you as you make a change and you get excited to start something, remember to consecrate that time. Consecrate your health and your sleep. Jane mentioned there's only one perfect person, and that's Christ. And she and I both agree that's the only perfect person we know. And so um, I was watching The Chosen last night. I don't know if any of you listeners are watching the wonderful series, The Chosen. You can download that app or reach out to me on my website and ask me about it. I'll tell you about it. But Chosen uh, Season 2, Episode 3, Jesus was going to sleep, and he literally said, May it be your will that I lie down in peace and that I arise in peace. And listeners, that's what Jane's trying to help people do every day of her life. And so I value that and I appreciate that. Jane, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome, Charlotte. Thank you. Oh, I'd love to get with you again. And and listeners, I hope this is encouraging to you. Um, Please know you're prayed for, you're prayed over. We want you to live the best version of your life that you can. And I hope that you can connect with Jane, learn from her, go to her website. And thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate you being with us and spending your time with us. Thanks, Jane. Wonderful. Thank you. 